podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Well, welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, since the last episode, a lot of different things have been going on. Went on vacation to the beach, brought all our our kids in who have all launched away and kind of brought them in from the four corners of the world, which what it seems like anyway. <laughs> and had a wonderful week and then, well, kind of went our separate ways and trying to get back from Beach Mind. I call it that... Uh, the reentry zone. It's where you come back and you're here walking around, but your brain is still at the beach and you're just hoping and praying you don't really make any huge mistakes. <laughs> and then a little while later, we learned that our youngest was going to move back home from his uh, abode 12 hours away. He's 19 and He had been living in the same city as his older brother for about 18 months or so and decided to come back and take a different path. Um, And that's been an adjustment as well for him and for his dad and myself. So I've been kind of sideways for a while and been eager and wanting to get back to another episode, but not really knowing exactly what I wanted to say, so I've just been kind of waiting that out, and I did want to say that in case I sound a little bit odd today, which I may or may not, I never can tell sometimes, but this is my first episode that I'm actually uh, recording on video as well. I'm going to put these uh, videos on YouTube under Phoenix and Flame. And so for those people, of which I am one, who are visual learners and who just enjoy watching something as opposed to only listening, um, there'll be a video option. Um, It's nothing terribly exciting other than just kind of watching me record the podcast I don't really know exactly what I'm doing on some level, but I'm just going to give my best shot and we'll see how it goes from there. If anyone has any tips, I'm always open to that. You can email me at danaskaggs at phoenixandflame.com or um, you can, I guess, leave some comments on the YouTube channel. I'm kind of a newbie in that regard, so I'll be learning that as well. Uh, So always open to any tips and feedback or anything like that. I wanted to uh, dedicate this first video episode to a friend of mine who has listened and supported me, listened to all of the Phoenix and Flame episodes numerous times, She's gone through something really, really difficult lately, and I just wanted to 
dedicate this episode to her, and her name is Erica. So Erica, hey, you may be out walking or running while you're listening. I wanted to surprise you with this, so I hope you're having a wonderful day. You know, like I said a few minutes ago, I was kind of wondering what my next episode was going to be about. I kind of wait a little and kind of see what I feel motivated to talk about. What kind of crosses my mind that I feel might be worth developing into an episode. I saw a yard sign um, that listed out everything that the people that lived there at the house, apparently things that they believed. And it just listed out several things. Some that I can remember of what it said was uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, Love is Love, Water is Life. I try to catch a few more every time I pass by. Those are the ones that I can, oh, something about science. Um, basically being a support in support of science. It's sort of read in a way kind of like a manifesto, sort of, and they, the way they had it out displayed in their yard for everyone to see that drove by. And it, it kind of got me thinking about several things. One is what do we believe? What do each one of us can we identify what we believe? And if you think you can identify those things rather quickly, kudos to you. I'll talk in this episode about how that was more difficult than I thought it would be for myself as I uh, took on that exercise and that journey of trying to figure that out. Um, and also not just identifying the beliefs, but putting it out there in your yard on the edge of the road, for everyone to see that drives by, any kind of neighbors that might have opposing views or anything like that, I felt like that was pretty brave. I, I was proud of them for doing that. I think so many times we might have a belief about something, but we may only, number one, share that belief in crowds of people that we know have the same belief, which that's pretty easy, or we may just keep it to ourselves. Um, I've heard a term out there called the silent majority. Um, I'm not going to go into all of that. I'm not, I'm not interested in delving into a whole bunch of political stuff. I'll do a little bit of that today in my, in the, in the rest of my episode, but you know, it begs the question, doesn't it? Why silent? Again, I'm not judging, just questioning why silent. And to be honest with you, I hear a lot in what I do in the course of my day um, as, as being a therapist is I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to put myself out there because of different things. And I'll go into that more uh, as I cover my, my content today. 
I did sort of wonder what my beliefs, what would I say? And, you know, here, I started out thinking, oh, this will be easy peasy. Let's just let me get a, a notebook and a pen. And I'll just, I'll just jot out these beliefs real quick. Huh. Okay, so uh, it went more like, okay, um, here, well, this is it. And then I stopped and started thinking. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. So then I cross that out. And so then, oh, da 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 da. And then I think about that. And then here I go crossing out with my pen. And that went on and on and on until, you know what? Had to do away with the pen and had to just go to Microsoft Word because too much erasing going on, too much scratching out. I, my paper looked like a mess by the time I was finished. And I sat there looking at it thinking, what was wrong with me? I mean, why was I having such a problem with that? Because people that know me, for good or bad or ugly, know that I really don't have a problem expressing myself and... I don't really have a problem expressing myself, even if I feel like someone's really not going to want to hear it. And so what was going on? Why was I having such a problem? I mean, I thought I could just spit out two, 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 two. I thought I could just spit out a bunch of beliefs right off the, I mean, that's why who bothered with the computer? I just grabbed a pen. No, that didn't work. And I was a little confused by that I didn't know what was going on so I got to thinking why do any of us have trouble identifying our beliefs and then a second thing which is a different topic altogether is vocalizing them putting them out there like those people did when they put that yard sign out there it's one thing to have your beliefs, which that's hard enough to figure that out sometimes, but then to put it out there. And a lot of political stuff that's going on, because the day that I'm recording this is, it's the 1st of September, it's 2020. Ugh. The year 2020. I saw a joke the other day. It was like, if, uh, if 2020 was a drink, what would it be? A colonoscopy prep. Shoo. This has been a year. And it's still going. We don't know when it's going to stop. But whoo, back to my previous episode on mindfulness. One day at a time, just stay in a moment. If you think too far ahead on this stuff, you, whew, it's not going to go good. You go down a bad path. Sometimes when people nowadays because of all the unrest that's going on in our culture people are vocalizing and they're vocalizing in different ways which brings me to my next point is that one of the reasons why I had trouble <laughs> identifying my beliefs and delineating them very clearly was because I tend to see a lot of different points of view. I tend to look at something 
from virtually every angle there is to look at it. And part of that is because, again, because of what I do in my job, I have the privilege of being able to hear many different viewpoints on things. And so when something is pointed out, I'm looking at it at one angle, but then I'll turn around and go, well, that's true, but this over here is also true. And that over there is also true. And that over there is also true. People have different views. And I'm thinking I can, I can totally see each person's view. Even if they're 100%, 180 degree different, I can still see both points of view, which makes it extremely difficult for me to land on something that this is what I believe. It's, it was just very difficult. Plus, I'm also interested in the entire story because what I notice that many times when people are giving their rendition of something, you don't get the whole story because whether they know it or not, sometimes they're doing it on purpose. Like there's some people in the media that are choosing things that are inflammatory because it will get them more ratings, which in turn means money. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? They're, that's their job to make money. So they want to pick those things out, those little t you know, snippets of the videos that are going to be the most inflammatory to get people all jazzy. So they'll be on watching the TV or whatever. Mm. Okay, but I'm just saying I've been in situations before too many times where I would hear of some injustice that had been done and I'd, I'd be charging in, oh, what do you think you're doing? And then the person would say, oh, well, did they tell you da-da-da-da? And I'd be like, um, no. And they'd say, uh-huh. And did they tell you pa-pa-pa-pa-pa? And I'd be standing there at that point feeling quite silly going, no. And that happened to me quite a few times to the point where I don't rush in like that. Because I want to know the whole story. And it's hard to get that. And people sometimes, I'd say a lot of times, it seems people aren't interested in the whole story. They're only interested in their viewpoint and the viewpoint of the people in their small circle that has the exact same viewpoint. You can see this on social media, the things that people will share. It's one angle. And okay, but what about this person's viewpoint? Or what about that person's viewpoint? And that doesn't seem to be pointed out. It's really, really difficult to find a place where all viewpoints are represented. I mean, I was telling my husband the other day that I remember, and of course I'm aging myself, I don't care, I'm 53 years old, I don't care who knows that, it doesn't bother me at all. But I remember back in the day when like Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather and those kinds of people were reporting the news and they just reported the news from lots of different viewpoints, whatever was going on. 
They didn't try to take an angle. They didn't try to spin it and cherry pick it. You don't get that anymore. Virtually anywhere. So you find yourself wondering what actually is the truth? What actually is going on? The whole thing, not just someone who's trying to present a certain angle so they can further their particular agenda. Funny story about that is uh, there was a game, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was a long time ago because I was in college, which was that's a long time ago. But it was a game where you tried to guess what your opponent was going to answer. There's different questions. I mean, they were kind of racy questions, some of them. Some of them weren't very racy. But one, one I remember was, would you ever pose nude in Playboy? And everybody had cards that said yes, no, and depends. Like I said, the goal was for you to try to guess what your opponents were going to say. And if you could, then you would win the game. And I guess I probably lost a lot of those games. I didn't really care. But my answer was almost always depends. And I'm not saying I answered that to the posing nude in Playboy. I'm not saying I didn't. I'm just saying that the majority of the time I was considering the situation and considering all these different views and backstory and situation and consequences and everything that could be hanging in the balance and I would just have to say well it just depends and so that's I'm still doing that to this day when I hear of something of, of someone doing something oh my gosh do you believe so and so did such and such and there's always that person in the back of my mind that's going okay well what's the whole story Let's, let's back up. Let's rewind. Let's go back to the beginning and look at the whole entire thing. There's just too much inflammatory stuff going on where people aren't stopping and getting the whole story. And it seems psychologically that most people, and, and we do this anyway, we do it anyway, we hear what we want to hear. We have this idea in our mind of how we want things to be or how we think things are. And then we filter it. We filter what comes to us. And so the things that don't fit our construct of how a certain group of people is supposed to be or a certain situation is supposed to be, believe it or not, we simply don't hear it. And I'm telling you, filtering is a big deal. If I... If I hadn't seen this myself on numerous occasions, I wouldn't have believed it. But I have, I've talked with someone myself and had a whole conversation about something. And as you can tell, I'm not, I don't have a hard time communicating myself, especially when I'm really motivated to do it. And talked to her the next day, and it was as if someone had hit reset. It was like 50 to 75% of what I had said the day before never even happened. She had no memory of any of it. I was like, okay. And again, that happened numerous times because just one time like that, it could be due to any number of things. Could be kind of medication effects, could be having somebody could be having a hard day and just we're focusing on other things. 
It's not that it was a, it was a pattern. And I've seen other people do this as well. We all do it in a sense. A simple example of filtering would be, let's say in high school, um, you're, you know, let's say you're, you have a, a friend that's a girl and she's got this crush on a guy and she's, she just thinks he's amazing. He just hangs the moon. There's everything about him is perfect. And you were overhearing him having some conversations where he mentioned her and it wasn't very favorable or he was talking about some other people in a rather negative light or he was doing something that really demonstrated that his character probably wasn't really all that up to snuff and you try to share that with your friend and she was having none of it nope 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 she just wanted to hear what she wanted to hear and when that happens they have to learn on their own there's nothing you're going to say is going to change their mind they're gonna have to learn on their own and some people don't but there's so much filtering going on these days where you know something in the media will be presented but it's just a portion of the whole story and if you knew the whole story if, if we would stop and even be curious about the whole story it probably would change a lot whatever viewpoint we're taking instead of just jumping to some conclusion without ever stopping to think well okay but wait a minute okay and seeing things for what they are because that's something else I've seen in these types of situations where people will excuse things that they shouldn't be excusing they'll like kind of act like it didn't really happen or they're like just sort of sweep that under the rug that's not good, but that's what we do. If we don't want to know it, if we don't want to process it, if we don't want to think about it, we simply won't. But that's not healthy, and that's not good for our culture. And I started thinking about some other reasons why, even if we were able to identify our beliefs, and some people are super good at this, super good they can just rattle it off right off and that's awesome okay but like I said the next part is communicating those beliefs verbalizing it putting it out there and I don't mean like I said just with the people that believe the same things that you believe that's pretty easy we all struggle with going against the grain why do we do this? We don't want to make waves, do we? No, we don't. Most people do not. Most people do not want to upset the apple cart. Even if the apples in that cart are rotten, they don't want to upset the apple cart. Because we're thinking, what if we speak up and then all the attention turns to us and then comes the judgment, the criticism, the potential rejection because you went across the grain, because you said something 
that those other individuals did not agree with and didn't like. We do need to realize that all of those things, being rejected, being criticized, being judged, absolutely could happen if we put our thoughts out there. I mean, let's not act like it's not going to happen because it is, because that's one reason why you have what I would consider this silent majority. A lot of us stay silent, and I can say this because I've heard it time and time and time again. We're silent. Why? Because of what we anticipate is going to happen if we open our mouth. We anticipate something hurtful. We anticipate being criticized, judged, and rejected, and we don't want that to happen. So we just keep our mouth shut. So I got to kind of wondering, why is it that people seem to feel that their view is the only one worth having? And anyone with another view should be disrespected and punished in some way. I have a, a story. It's not a long one. It's an experience, rather, that I went through. And you've heard me say before, and I totally believe this, everybody has their own opinion and they have a right to it. And, I, and that's what I believe. That's how I act toward other people. That's not always reciprocated back to me, but whatever. So years ago, I was in the process of uh, kind of considering applying to doctoral programs in clinical psychology. And I was in the office of a psychologist and was just kind of having some conversation. I mentioned a topic that I had read, an article that I'd read recently, about how animals seem to be uh, sensitive to things like weather patterns. They can sense sometimes when bad weather is getting ready to happen before we can. And that they were in this article, it also mentioned that animals were sensitive to the spiritual realm. Well, that was one of several times where I learned you're not supposed to talk about that. Because he turned around, he was, at, he was standing in his bookshelf, and I was sitting on the couch. And he turned around slowly, and he looked down at me, and he said, if you ever want to get into a doctoral program in clinical psychology, then I would suggest that you never talk about the spiritual realm again. Okay. Point taken. He was trying to help me. And he definitely gave me some food to ponder there. I ran into that many times after that, this lack of reception. You know, I have relationships with some awesome people whose religious views are not like mine. And I really, really enjoy these people. If they were not in my life anymore, I would be sad. I treasure those relationships. But sometimes, like I said, that being able to accept and entertain other people's 
views on things doesn't get reciprocated. Now, I got to thinking, are there some relationships that really need to be severed because of a difference of belief? Um, I've saw this, I saw this happen a lot um, because of political views. When, when the, the last election, um, it was all over social media, people defriending a lot of people because of political views. And I would have to say that as I ponder this question, that I would not be able to sustain a healthy relationship with a bigot. That would never happen. I consider myself a very open-minded, loving, uh, supportive person that is respectful of all different things. Um, but as we're learning and everybody kind of has to draw their own line, which is sort of what this whole episode is about. What are your lines and where are they and why? And have you communicated them? And if you haven't, why? And one of my lines is bigotry. And I ask myself, why is that? Why would I not be able to sustain a relationship with someone who is behaving in a bigoted manner? And the answer is because I would not be able to respect that person. I would have a very hard time compartmentalizing the bigotry from everything else. I don't know if that's a weakness on my part or not. I don't know. Because maybe this person has a lot of other qualities that are great. But that one to me is a big one. And maybe you wouldn't see it come out except every so often in certain situations. That would be hard for me. I would not be able to keep my mouth shut. Sooner or later, if I was forced into a relationship with someone who behaved that way on a regular manner, I probably would be in jail for assault. I'm just saying. I'd be able to con control myself for a while, and then I wouldn't be able to handle it anymore. And then would I be any better than that person? <laughs> probably not. I don't know. These are big questions. I don't have the answers to all these things. But I did run across something that was helpful. As I, w I felt like I was wading in and I was I felt like I was wading into quicksand as I took on this topic and I started thinking of more and more things and putting more things out there and really pondering on them. I just felt like I was slowly just getting deeper and deeper into quicksand about why we do these things. And then I ran across something that was a bit of levity, a little bright spot, and I thought I would share. It's uh, Robert Fulgums, and his last name is F-U-L-G-H-U-M. All I really need to know I learned in kindergarten. Um, I will put this in the show notes of the uh, audio podcast, and I'll figure out how I'm supposed to write it in the, <laughs> in the notes of the YouTube uh, video. But here's some things that we learned in kindergarten that would be really nice if we still did today as adults. You think about little kids running around that are five and six years old doing this, and here we have grown-ass people that aren't doing this anymore. And imagine for a moment, as I read down through a few of these, how our culture would be different if the adults that were supposed to be in charge of things 
behaved in this manner. All of them. Because there's going to be, you know, factions that are going to say, yeah, you all need to do this. Uh-uh. Everybody. Okay? We need, we, need, we need to be able to see ourselves in this as well. Number one, share everything. Number two, play fair. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of chuckling at myself because you read down through these things and they seem so obvious, but if you think about the things that are going on in our culture these days, it's just like, oh my gosh. Okay, number three, don't hit people. Number four, put things back where you found them. Number five, clean up your own mess. Number six, don't take things that are not yours. Number seven, say you're sorry when you hurt someone. And it goes on down here. A few of them are like flush, wash your hands before you eat, you know, that kind of thing. But those first, first few, I felt like, my gosh, all of us need to go back to kindergarten and remember those things. So here we come. After much gnashing of teeth and pulling of hair, I was able to come up with a few unequivocal beliefs that are mine. And I said mine because I have a right to my beliefs. There might be someone listening who hears my beliefs and goes, that Dana, she is out of her ever-loving mind. And I would totally support that person's right to think that and to say that. And I have a right to my belief, regardless of what anybody else thinks about it. And that kind of gets back to some boundary issues I did earlier on. I think it's episodes one through five of my podcast. Those are all just audio because, like I said, this is the first video one that I've done. But you have a right to what you believe. You, even if everybody around you believes something different, they may not agree with you. They may not understand why you believe what you believe. They may not approve. And that's okay. They can believe what they want to believe. You have a right to believe what you want to believe. So, here's what I believe. I believe people are complicated. And life is complicated. And the only way out of the abyss of human misery is faith in Jesus Christ. I believe this to the core of my being. Now, like I said earlier, this may seem really odd coming from someone trained in clinical psychology, which I love, by the way, since psychology in general is known to view religion as a somewhat pathetic crutch against the assaults of life. One time when I was in grad school, I remember being in the elevator 
it was an old building and it was an old elevator, kind of dim. I can still see it to this day. Gray, not very large, kind of had an odor to it. The doors opened very slowly and clankily. Is that even a word? Clankily? I don't know. Anyway, one of those times I was in the elevator when I didn't take the steps, which I normally did because it was much faster. Someone had taken a black Sharpie marker and written on the wall on the front next to the door of the elevator. And it said, man is God. That seems to be the perception of quite a few people in the field of psychology. Okay. Um, personally, again, I have, I have a right to my opinion. If man is God, we are in effing trouble. I can't even imagine being in charge. If I thought I was in charge even of my own damn self, oh my God, that'd be bad. I can't even my, get, keep myself together half the time, let alone anybody else. But I never forgot that. Man is God. Interesting viewpoint. If somebody played that all the way out, I don't know. So, Basically, I am a hybrid. I respect and I enjoy the research of psychology. By the way, I don't like doing the research, which kind of makes me like you're supposed to enjoy doing research. I don't. I never have. I've never liked statistics. I'm an application person. I'm the one that's going to apply what these re research results show. I'm the one that's going to take these results and apply them to people as they come to me in my practice. That's what I want to do. That's what I love doing. But I'm so thankful for people that love research. Go, you guys. Yay, good for you. And I enjoy the research of psychology because it serves so many purposes, like one of which is to identify what therapeutic protocols actually produce results and which ones are just a waste of time? You know, if somebody says, well, such and such works, my first question is, okay, based on what? How do you know that? What was your sample size? Who did you do it with? Did you have any controlling variables? Was it a double-blind study? You know, I want to know, how do you know? How did you determine that that was a, an effective strategy? So I'm so grateful to those people that do research, and I love it. I could read psychological resource material on anxiety, panic attacks, OCD, mindfulness, trauma, all kinds of stuff for hours and hours. To me, that is like standing at a buffet full of food. I normally have at least seven or eight books going all at the same time in just in my field because it's so intensely interesting to me, and I'm always trying to find new ways of helping my patients. I'm one of those people that have reached a point in my life where you learn how much you don't know. You just keep learning and learning, and it's just wonderful. I do love my field, and I am also a follower of Christ. My faith is my cornerstone. It is my structure. It's my compass, 
my lighthouse, my fortress, my vision, my strength, and my peace. I've put it out there now. I've, I've put my sign, do you call it, not proverbial, but figurative, yeah. I put, I've put my figurative sign out of my yard now. Based on what I know, I will likely pay a price for this unequivocal statement of my belief. Because I think that there will be others who will prejudge me. That they will possibly decide that I have all of a sudden become ignorant and pathetic. Or that I have all of a sudden become intolerant and judgmental. They will filter out anything else that doesn't meet how they want to see me. I, of course, am none of those things, but I cannot stop other people from needing to label me as these things. That's another boundary issue. Again, if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to them because you can't stop other people from seeing you in certain ways. And I don't know why they need to view you in that way, but they do. That's their issue, not yours. I'm not going to own that. Jesus Christ, when he walked this planet, was a shock to the culture. He loved without reservation to the point of giving his life for people who didn't even know who he was, or what in the world he was even doing. He challenged those rigid power brokers who used religious rules to keep people oppressed. He reached out to those who were marginalized, excluded, and labeled as sinful. I have never seen anyone love like he did. If I can show love anywhere close to how Jesus did, then my life might make a difference. So, what are your beliefs? Something to think about. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And this is Dana signing off for Phoenix and Flame.